There are all kinds of creatures in the Dungeons & Dragons Monster Manual, but we don't think it's fair to label them all as monsters. Well, some of them might be really nice. Maybe even new best friend kind of nice. So each episode, we look at a new entry and decide once and for all, are they fiends or are they friends? Welcome to Monster Friends. This week, we make friends with... Demons! And the Blood War! And the Abyss! It's a whole thing! Let's go! going today <laughs> what is this voice you're doing <laughs> i'm so tired uh today we have a pretty cool episode i didn't do a lot for it i'm gonna talk a lot kyle's gonna talk a lot i didn't do a lot um i'm getting ready to well i'm preparing entry essays for university so so she has a bit of an excuse i have i'm very busy very busy I've also been watching all of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlists, so, you know, I've got priorities, priorities. and they're straight, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this episode is going to be a little different, because we are talking about demons today. Yay! And there, there are, it's a big topic, there are eight demon lords, well, no, there are nine demon lords, but only eight demon lords, one of them is kind of on the fence. Well, that, we'll get to that at some point. Uh, the abyss where demons come from is pretty much infinite, uh, so there's no way of knowing how many demon lords there actually are, but there are the eight slash maybe nine main ones, and then a few more that are powerful enough to be given names but don't really meet the requirements to be a lord. And then there are 14 types of demons in the monster manual alone, and then more in Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, but we're not even, we're not touched. The point is, there's a shit ton of demons. We're, we're still in the monster manual. And we obviously can't do a separate episode. For every demon. each and every one of them. That would be insane. This is going to be a condensed version, but longer episodes probably. It'll probably be a two or three part, maybe even four parts. But okay. it won't be 30 parts long. So what are we going to start with? Well, okay. To understand demons. Yeah, the, the history of demons and the lore of demons is so fully intertwined with devils that you can't talk about one without at least kind of talking about the other. And then if you're going to talk about their relationship, uh, you kind of have to talk about the blood war, which is the eternal battle between demons and devils for supremacy in the cosmos. And then if you're going to talk about the blood war, you kind of have to touch on the abyss and the nine hells so, kind of like modern day america what that they're the abyss or that the, the demons versus the devils <laughs> oh okay yeah pretty much that um yeah so we have to there's a bunch of backstory that we have to go into before we can even start talking about the demon lords uh so we're gonna start with the blood war blood orgy blood orgy Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. <laughs> Live from the banks of the River Styx in the lower planes of existence, this is a no-holds-barred, no-disqualification, no-time-limit-falls-count-anywhere match for the heavyweight championship of the Cosmos. Introducing first, fighting out of the abyss, standing at infinite layers deep, it's 
the demons Woo! and their opponent fighting out of the nine hells and probably new jersey it's the devil now oh, let's get ready to blood war like I said, the Blood War is an eternal conflict that rages in the lower planes of existence, with the battle lines drawn between the Abyss and the Nine Hells. And it's a war that pretty much can never be won, and if one side does win, then we're all completely screwed. That is the basis of the Blood War. Now, let's get into more details about it. The Blood War pretty much keeps the devils and the demons occupied, so they leave the rest of the planes of existence alone. Which is nice. But if one side breaks... Do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns finds out that he has every disease imaginable? No. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, he finds (laughs) out that he has every disease imaginable. I'm sure some listeners know what I'm talking about. But he's not sick because they are all in perfect balance with each other. Yeah. Uh, So not a single one of those diseases can slip through the doorway that they try to push through. And that's pretty much what the Blood War does. They log jam at the entrance to places, and then they can all spill through. But if the scales ever tip too far in one side's favor or the other, it would pretty much be the end of existence itself. So, like, don't shake hands with the blood war. Otherwise, you might get a little bit of the hysterical pregnancies. That You're shaking your head. That is also a reference to Mr. Burns. He is diagnosed <laughs> with a little bit of the hysterical pregnancy. Because um, he has literally everything you can be diagnosed with. The Abyss and the Nine Hells are connected by the River Styx in the Lower Plains. So, like, we live in the Material Plane. Yes. Uh, they live in the Lower Plains. Yes. Planes of Existence is a whole other friggin' thing. But the Lower Plains are all the kind of, like, evil planes of existence in the Outer Plains. And the Upper Plains are all the good planes of existence in the outer planes. It's a whole it's a whole fucking thing. The battle lines are drawn along the river sticks normally for the most part, but they are continually shifting. So the demons might break through the lines somewhere and then they'll make their progress into Avernus, which is the first level of hell, but when they do that, that probably means they've weakened their position somewhere else and the devils will push forward there. So there's there's literally there's no winning this war for either side and they should probably have learned that after the millennia that it's been going on. But, hey, they're stubborn and dumb, I guess. Just like modern day. This is the only joke I wrote for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Just like modern day America. Yeah. Um, So, like I said, the River Styx plays a big part in this because it is the main entrance to the Nine Hells. And the Abyss. The River Styx kind of flows through all of the lower planes a little bit, but the easiest way to get into the Nine Hells is through the River Styx. And as, well, I don't know, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but in Greek mythology, uh, Charon is the dude that operates the ferry that brings people from the land of the living to the land of the dead. And sometimes people would put coins in the dead's mouth, like when they're burying them, they put coins in their mouth so that they would be able to pay for passage on the ferry. Obviously, that's another whole thing that we don't have time for, but it's important to know that bit of information, I think. Uh, because, well, it shows that the ferryman likes money. And if he likes money, he can probably be bribed. Give me your money! Money! 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and even more probably be bribed if he is a Morenoloth. And that's exactly what the Ferryman is in Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, a Morenoloth is a type of Yugoloth, which oh is God. a whole other thing that we'll get to much further down the line. But for now, the important thing is to know that Yugoloths are essentially mercenaries that live and operate in the lower plains. You following this so far? It's kind of all over the place. I'm confused. I feel like I'm learning about the War of 1812. It's just it's a like bit... modern day America. <laughs> it's a little bit like that, I guess. Yeah, so if you wanted to move troops into the Nine Hells, uh, what better way to do it than to bribe the ferryman whose one and only job is to get people into hell? So every once in a while, that's what the demons do. Uh, every once in a while, it's probably like every thousand to two thousand years, not like once a week. So, uh, <laughs> sounds like the ferrymen are shady, shady bitches. Well, Yugoloths will basically work for whoever pays them the most. Like they're mercenaries. Like that's that's what they do. Everybody is aware of that. They just try to keep them as much on their side as possible. Uh, but yeah, so they'll load up their forces into like a stealth ferry and then push down the river. It'll work. They'll make progress for a little bit, and then eventually the devils will rise up and push them back and the eternal struggle continues so it's pretty easy to move around between the lower plains themselves Mm -hmm. uh like like i said the the river sticks flows everywhere the only thing that kind of stands in your way of getting into hell the nine hells or the abyss are the armies that are blocking the path but like if the army wasn't there you could just walk in and it would it wouldn't be a problem so i mean that's good for their war, I guess. But as easy as it is to move around in the lower planes themselves, it is way more difficult to move between other planes of existence. So, like, passageways and portals will open up from time to time from the abyss mm. or from the nine hells into the material plane. But they're normally small, so the blood war itself doesn't spill out. But, you know, even if a few demons and devils do get through... uh they're going to cause a lot of problems for you. Yeah, no, I feel like I'm familiar with this. Yeah, yeah, you should start paying attention at this point in time because this may or may not be what's happening in our campaign adventure. Definitely what's happening in our campaign. I'm it's definitely what's happening. <laughs> send that devil back to hell. Yeah. I um, have a ruler. So it's difficult for them to move through, but unluckily for us, they they will take every chance they can to come to the material plane because, well, the bodies and souls of mortal beings are extremely useful for the demons and devils. So even though they might not be big enough to let the whole war spill through, they are enough for demons and devils to slip through and assert their dominance over the weak-willed or power-hungry mortals. And we all know one demon can ruin the, the, whole, the whole day. <laughs> yeah. Because they'll start to gather, like, cult members and that sort of stuff. And the way that the different demons and different devils gather cult members, uh, even the way they care about or use their cult members, differ from demon lord to demon lord, which we'll touch on that a little bit later once we get to the demon lords. But it's important to know, I guess, that each demon lord, like, they don't really work together, the Mm -hmm. demon lords, the princes of hell and whatever. they're They're on the same side of the war in... The sense that they do, like the devils don't want the demons to win and the demons don't want the devils to win, but they're also at war, war with themselves. They're always trying to gain more power in their own realm. Uh, so 
it's a whole complicated mess, essentially. I I would actually say that the... the... I... Pardon? I... <laughs> Fun of how you said I. Oh, I thought you were I... uh, referencing those old Subaru commercials. I... I... No. Um, but you aren't. Yeah, there's no cars in the abyss. I... Maybe there are. I have no idea. I would say that the dynamic of the blood war is very much the same dynamic as uh, Batman versus the Joker. It's like law and order versus absolute chaos. Except in this case, uh, Batman will absolutely murder everything in his path instead of just leaving a trail of broken bones and concussions in his wake. It's like, do you remember? Okay, you remember in the Dark Knight? Yeah. uh, The whole like. This is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Yes. I think you and I are destined to do this forever. Yeah. Uh, that's very appropriate. I mean, I left out the middle part of that quote where he talks about, uh, I won't kill you because you're just too much fun and you won't kill me because you're Batman or what, or whatever the quote actually is. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's appropriate minus that middle part because they absolutely will kill each other. Uh, well, no, but they kind of can't kill each other, I guess. Uh, the only way to kill a demon is to kill it in the abyss. If it, dies anywhere else it'll just respawn in the abyss same with devils if you kill a devil in the nine hells it's dead forever but if you kill it anywhere else it respawns in the nine hells so basically like whichever army's on offense uh, they have an infinite supply of forces because whenever somebody dies they just get regenerated at the back of the line and try again fun it's super fun like lemmings different demons kind of are just lemmings or penguins pushing each other off a cliff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just slip sliding away. <laughs> but yeah, no, but aside from like, you know, the, the killing and being evil part, devils really are kind of like an egotistical Batman. They they fight for order, uh, which Batman... Okay, so the devils are evil, but they have a law and rules that they follow for themselves. They don't follow our laws. They don't follow our rules, but they have a code of conduct that they follow no matter what. Uh, Batman does the same thing, right? Like he doesn't follow, uh, the rules that the cops follow, but he has rules that he adheres to. Like I don't kill people is one of his, one of his rules. Uh, so they're kind of the same. And that is that they have a code of conduct that they stick to very strictly, but it's not necessarily the same code of conduct that we would, uh, assume is the good way to live your life. Yeah. I guess. See, I've seen people play the Batman games and I've heard the sounds that it makes when he hits them. And I don't think those people are just concussed. Yeah. I mean, like maybe they do die, but Batman definitely kills people. Yeah. And if he doesn't kill them right away, that brain damage is gonna going kill to kill them. them. Um, but like, he won't pull out a gun and shoot a dude, no. which I guess helps him sleep better at night. In inadvertently killing people is much better than killing people on purpose with I, intention. Hey man, that's, that's the rule he follows yep. uh, and he sticks to that. So good for having convictions, I guess. But yeah, just like the Joker always focuses his shit on Batman. Yeah. Uh, the demons will always focus their shit on the devils. Why would that be? Uh, cause kind of seems like hey demons if you just kind of like focused elsewhere maybe you could take over another place wouldn't that be better uh well the reason is okay to go back to i'm just gonna keep talking about batman and the joke oh my god uh if like if the joker took his shit to metropolis instead of gotham yeah that would give batman time to organize it would give him time to like call up superman uh they could put together like a full strategic 
effort and take the Joker down for good. Yeah. But if the Joker focuses all of his efforts on just fucking with Batman, uh, Batman doesn't get the luxury of that full planning session. Uh, so this gives the Joker the best chance of continuing to cause as much chaos as he wishes uh, without, you know, dying forever. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of, that's the blood war in a nutshell. Each side wants control of the cosmos, but each side is deathly afraid to make a mistake that would lead to the other side winning. So instead of making moves and taking risks that like might lead to them actually winning the war, they just punch each other in the face over and over and over again. Oh yeah. They need to make some big moves, big, big rewards. Yeah. It's it jump kinda, from the top rope. Pretty much. Cause like, it kind of seems like it's at this point, it's less about winning and more about just not losing. Is kind of what it, what it feels like. Lame. <laughs> so do you have any questions about the blood war? No. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. Excellent. Should I have questions? No, I just wanted to make sure that we're kind of on pretty the same straight page. through Batman and the Joker. <laughs> yes, the Blood War is Batman and the Joker. If you, if you take one sentence out of this, it's Batman versus the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that case, uh, let's actually talk about demons now. Demons. Demon lords or demons? Well, we'll start with the demon lords, but I'll give a brief overview of the whole thing first. I guess. Fantastic. Demons are residents of the infinite pit of chaos that is referred to as the Abyss. If the Abyss was a factory, their product would be destruction and their employees would be demons. But also the demons would be the product because they are destruction. Make sense? Yeah. Like demons don't just like come from the Abyss. They are the Abyss. The Abyss exists and then every once in a while... A part of the abyss will get super angry and filthy and a chunk of it pops off and becomes a demon. And then it proceeds to live inside of itself. They were born in the dark. I was born in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Once again, they're very much Batman and now Bane. Um, demons are kind of like tumors that take on a life of their own and form a society based on power levels inside the body that they inhabit. Mm, like a parasitic twin. Love that. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that demons respect is power. Uh, so, like, whoever is the strongest and the meanest gets the lead. And until you're strong enough to destroy the head demon or whatever, you have to follow his orders. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the Sith in Star Wars. Yes. Is this another reference that is going to go making, straight over your you head? You just keep making all these references <laughs> to things, and I'm like, yep, sure. I mean, Batman, I get. Star Wars, you're going to lose me because you've read like 30 Star Wars books. And I've not read a single one. Maybe a coloring okay. book. Okay. Uh, how about this? Okay. Um, Sith I'm still going to talk about the Sith. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, in the Sith, they employ, like, the rule of two. And that was put in place by Darth Bane a few centuries before the actual movies. Uh, but basically what that means is the rule of two was in place to keep the Sith strong. Uh, so there's one master and one apprentice. Uh, the master's job is to train the apprentice to be the best that they can possibly be in the hopes that one day the apprentice will kill them because if the apprentice can kill him, then that means the master isn't strong enough to lead the Sith armies. Uh, it's basically, it's, it's a way to ensure that the next generation of Sith is always stronger than the previous one. Yes. Um, that's kind of like what the demons do, except they don't train each other they kind of ensure that they are continually getting stronger because the strongest person is always in charge and everyone is always trying to 
hit that strongest level. Yeah. A lot of infighting then. A lot of infighting. It's another reason they're never going to win the war. Pretty much. The good news for aspiring demons, though, (laughs) is that they get... Or aspiring demon lords, I guess. uh, Is that they get more powerful the more kills they get. So demons level up. Uh, like Just like Pokemon, they evolve. You could start your life as the lowest type of demon, kill a few dudes, transform to the next type of demon, eventually working your way up to the top tier demons. Learn Scratch. Oh, that's a TM, isn't it? Learn... Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, learn Earthquake or whatever it is. Tidal Wave. Yeah, I mean, like all of those things are moves you can learn. They don't evolve leveling up. Some of them do. Not really. I mean, you get new moves when they level up. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. Therefore. Therefore. I guess, okay, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm right. (laughs) I can't believe I lost on a Pokemon reference. I know more about Pokemon than you ever will. You do. Uh, So yeah, the good news is that they can level up. The bad news is demons have very short life expectancies. Oh. And if you die, you have to start again. Ooh. Um, And the weaker you are the more likely you are to die so you can move up but it, it's pretty hard what a blow to the ego yeah uh, there is one other way to evolve though and that's if a demon lord uh uses his like magic powers to raise you to a higher level of demon uh but that's mostly only done because the demon lord needs a specific type of demon for something mm-hmm. uh and like you can't put in overtime to impress your boss and the demon lord will be like oh well he deserves a promotion like it's not it's not like that. He'll raise you up because he needs a spy. And then when you do your job, he'll probably kill you. But like maybe he'll forget that you exist and then you just get to keep those powers. Uh, so it's not really a reliable way of getting powerful. A demon lord would never raise you to a level that's close to his power level to begin with. Because that would just be asking for trouble for him. Your best bet is to just kind of like stay alive. Try not to piss anyone off. Low key. That Low you key. can't win against in a fight. And then just hang around for some time until enough time has passed that now you're stronger. (laughs) And that's part of one of the reasons why demons like having cults. Like, they don't care about mortals at all. Like, that's not... They want to destroy everything. I'm well aware. (laughs) Um, But if there's a cult that worships you, you get power. Like, if the cult kills in your name or offers sacrifices you get stronger. So gaining influence over mortals increases your chance of leveling up, basically. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing for demons is even the weakest demons, like the worst demons that exist, are so much stronger than any normal mortal being that, like, it's so easy for them to just hold sway over throngs of people. I'm also aware of that. (laughs) Yeah. But, like... Obviously, like being in a demon cult isn't exactly a good thing in the eyes of most of society. So it can be hard to like trick people into joining your cult and worshiping your evil self. Uh, So uh, in order to entice people, demons will offer various boons to their cultists. They'll give them more powerful because a more powerful cult makes a more powerful demon. And a more powerful demon means that they are one step closer to becoming a demon lord powered demon so i think i might have mentioned but now i can't remember because it's been like 25 minutes um there's no way for us in the mortal plane to know the names of 
all of the demons, let alone be aware of all of the demons that have survived long enough to call themselves demon lords. Yeah. Because the abyss is infinite, therefore there are probably infinite demons. But we do know some of them. And the demon lords are those that are powerful enough to bend and shape a portion of the abyss into their own liking. Uh, They can create a realm for themselves that mirrors every part of their wretched personalities. And then once they built up their realm, they pretty much never leave again for fear of losing it to someone else. But if the opportunity does arise to take over another area of the abyss or other worlds, they, they will take it. But they won't take a lot of risks to themselves to do so. They'll probably send out armies who are loyal, I put in quotation marks, loyal to them in this instance in time. But that loyalty <laughs> will falter eventually. So. So. Let's talk about the actual demon lords now. You ready for that? Yeah. Okay. We'll start with, we're just going to do these guys in alphabetical order because there's no real way of knowing who's more powerful and who is less powerful. Uh, so the alphabetical way of doing it is probably the easiest. Yes. Uh, so we'll start with Baphomet. Yes. Baphomet is one that has, like, that is a name and thing that has existed for a long time. Yeah. I knew about Baphomet as a word before D&D. I think maybe from like Constantine, but I think comic books in general. Yeah. He's, he's associated with the Knights Templar. Um, It's the, it's the goat, the goat man, like half goat, half man with the two fingers up and the pentagram or whatever in their forehead. Yeah. Worshipped by Wiccans as well. I have, I actually have a print of Baphomet somewhere that I don't know where it is. Are you in a demon cult? No. I just bought it because I thought it looked cool. <laughs> that is a fair reason to have anything. I just thought I would check. It might have explained a few things. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, yeah, Baphomet, also known as the Horned King. In Dungeons & Dragons, he's a 20-foot tall minotaur, basically. He is savagery incarnate. Like, okay, so he has a glaive. Do you know what a glaive is? Uh, I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah. So a glaive is like a long pole arm. Like picture it's it. Like, a spear, it's like a spear, but with a huge or a sword lance. or blade on the end of it. Yeah. Um, that's his weapon. It's called heart cleaver. But instead of using it, most of the time, he'll just throw it away so that he can stomp your ass with his hooves and gore you with all six of his horns because that's how he gets off. Uh, he he really is the definition of savage. Are you looking up savage right now? Yeah. Of an animal or force of nature, fierce, violent, and uncontrolled. Of something bad or negative, very great, severe. A brutal or vicious person. Yeah. Baphomet. Yeah. That is, that is Baphomet. If you are in a cult that worships Baphomet, and you're a really good cultist... Because remember I said that you get boons and stuff for, like, worshipping them? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, if you're really good and he really likes you, you might get turned into a minotaur. Which, I guess, is something that they want. I don't know. You get get a good memory for mazes. And (laughs) you get strong, I guess. You probably get some magic powers, but I don't know. But the cultists of Baphomet tend to think of themselves as superior to everyone else. They are egotistical and narcissistic. He kind of reminds me of a Care Bear. Of a Care Bear? Yeah, because he's got a weapon called the Heart Cleaver. I don't know. It just sounds like something a Care Bear would have. You're right. It is, I think it's a very silly, like, 
Because when you think about what it actually means, it means it'll... Cleave your heart. Cleave your heart out, which is, like, not a good thing. But also, man, it's really funny. It's Because it sounds nice. I wish that it was heart-shaped. That'd be cute. (laughs) He could probably make it heart-shaped. He probably does to trick people sometimes. Uh, But that's Baphomet. Yeah. Next. Uh, The next, you might know. Everyone knows. uh, Various pulp pop Pop culture shows such as alex stranger things stranger things demogorgon doesn't look the same it is it is it is different yeah um they definitely took some liberties yeah i feel like i haven't played a lot of first or second edition D &D, um and that's what they would have been they would have been playing first edition or advanced dungeons and dragons I, i i can't remember but that's what they would have been playing in stranger things so that demogorgon might be what demogorgon was at that mm, time. It's a little bit closer, but... But this Demogorgon, also known as the Prince of Demons, by the way. Oh, cute. Uh, he's got two heads. Uh, they are, like, baboon heads. Yeah. They they each have their own name. One is Demo, one is Gorgon. No, one is Amul, and the other is Hathradish. Uh, so I don't <laughs> know where Demogorgon came from. Hathradish is even better than heart cleaver i think radish and heart cleaver friends yeah but here's the thing if you look at either one of those heads you'll go insane like literally you go insane the instant you look at them uh he has tentacle arms and lizard legs uh he is incredibly physically powerful uh and he maintains his rule in the abyss by using cunning strategies to preemptively ward off any possible threat to his rule because he's a little paranoid uh, but by that, I, of course, mean um, he just fucking massacres everyone and everything in his path without hesitation because if no one else is alive, no one is a threat to him. I think that's I, his cunning strategy. I think anything with two heads is a little bit paranoid. I've seen what's happened abort. Yeah, they do get a little paranoid. They get a little crazy. <laughs> uh, all Demogorgon wants is to destroy every living thing in the known universe so that he no longer has to be paranoid. Of someone trying to kill him. That that's everything that he wants. Jeff uh, Bezos. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, but one of the theories, and I think this is great because, like, man, if this is, ends up being the truth, Demogorgon hasn't thought ahead at all. One of the theories is that if he actually pulls it off, and he actually he comes out on top of the Blood War, and then he destroys everything. Once everything else is dead, the heads will fight each other. Oh yeah, until for sure. Consuming each other, and then we'll be left with nothing but a void black hole which is kind of not a lot of fun to think about no pretty much all of his cultists are demons Mm -hmm. uh essentially because they're the only living things that have a chance of not going mad when they look at him but if a mortal does end up in a cult of demogorgon it's probably because they looked at his symbol somewhere because like he's so friggin powerful that even if you look at his symbol uh that's enough for him to take over your mind jesus but on the plus side uh you get a bonus to your strength and or charisma score uh, but you also spend the rest of your life lurking in shadows trying to murder anything that comes close to you Wait, so that... it's a give and take what, is that what happened to bort uh not from demogorgon okay <laughs> just, just checking you guys i mean you guys all rolled constitution checks at one point mm-hmm. for a different demon lord yes we'll get to them we will get to them um, but yeah, you you got bonuses or negatives based on passing or failing that role. I failed. You failed. Bort passed. 
I guess his second head is... Well, that's why Bork can, that's why Bork can cast spells now. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, his second head and your tail are actually results of fighting a demon that is not in the monster manual. So it's not oh, one that we'll cover today. Okay. But it's the results of fighting a demon. All right. Anyway, next. Franz Ferdinand. Franz Urblue. Franz Ferdinand. Of Franz Ferdinand. He Fraz, he's cute. He's kind of cute. He's got like a puppy face. He, I mean, he does. He's he's the prince of lies, the lord of deception. Ah, Loki. Yeah, except he's a twelve foot tall gargoyle, but with bat wings, and he's hunched over. And I assume that he's voiced by Jason Alexander. I was just gonna say, <laughs> uh, AKA George Costanza, because he is a little old liar. Fraz Erblue can take any form that he wants. Like mm-hmm. I said, he is the Lord of Deception after all. Uh, so he'll take on any form that is most pleasing to a potential cultist. Most of his cultists actually have no idea that they're even in his cult because he's managed to trick them into thinking that he's just some dude that wants to help them. Like, one of his favorite things to do, and this, this is like, this is also Disney-esque, I think. One of his favorite things to do is to get a bunch of demon hunters to work for him and then send them after his rivals. Well, he just sits back and giggles to himself about how much smarter he is and how none of them realize they're working for the worst demon around. <laughs> I it, see it. And that's, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much his deal. Okay. Like that's, there's not a lot to him. Uh, he's a gargoyle that tricks people into doing what he wants. Pretty harmless. Yeah. Well, I mean, not harmless. even a little bit. But <laughs> in comparison. In comparison, if you're going to deal with a demon lord, so far, he's your best bet. Next. Graz, it Gra- Grape soda. Gra- he purple. Grazit. There's too many apostrophes. Yeah, a lot there's of a lot names. of a lot of apostrophes. Uh, this is the Lord of Pleasure and Indulgence. He looks like a fuckboy. He is. He's the most humanoid of all the demon lords. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean that because, like, well, yeah, I mean, Demogorgon has tentacle arms. It's not hard to be more humanoid. He just—he is basically a perfect specimen. He can also change his form, but whatever humanoid form he takes, he is the perfect specimen of that form in whoever is looking at him yeah, in their eyes. People simp for this guy for sure. For I'm just sure. Google image searched it, and I'm seeing some things here. Yeah, he is—he is desire. Like that's it, and he thinks that the universe is there for his pleasure. He wants to dominate the cosmos so that everyone will love, worship, and please him. He's basically a more evil version of Hedonism Bot from Futurama. (laughs) His cultists Mm -hmm. are, let's just say, huge fans of debauchery. Big, horny guys. Yeah. What powers does he give his cultists, you ask? Dicks. Yeah. Also, they can turn any amount of pain... Into pleasure. Okay, this that's is it. uncomfortable. There's some 41 song. Pain for pleasure. Uh, that That's the powers they get. They they no longer feel pain. They just jerk off when you punch them. Okay. I guess. That's I don't fantastic. know. Um, and that's, that's crazy. Do you want to know something interesting? I don't know. <laughs> you guys have dealt with him, sort of. Oh, have we? Yeah. Do you want to take a guess at how or where? Is it Mr. Ocean? No, but Mr. Ocean is escaped from Grazit. Oh, yeah. Remember how he wanted to get out of uh, the abyss because he didn't like being in or someone being in control of him? Yes. Yeah. He was one of Grazit's minions. And he's like, fuck this. I want out. Ah. So we didn't really fight him, though. No. 
Um, but you've come across him. Seen a man. I've Next, seen him. Demon Lord. Juice box. Juice box. Yeah, pay attention to this one. Okay. Juice box. I'm taking notes. The faceless lord. Faceless. The oozing hunger. Oozing. How do you spell oozing? That's a lot of O's I put down there. It's oozing two. hunger. I put three. Or, or juice box, as you guys call them. Dreeblex. <laughs> Dreeblex is literally a disgusting stew made out of the juices that sit at the bottom of the abyss. His domain is oozes and slimes, and he's disgusting. He basically leaves a snail trail of ooze behind him wherever he goes. Yeah, we've experienced that firsthand. Um, (laughs) I ate it. I licked it. I was like, mmm, yum. Yeah. Slime jello. Yeah, we'll get to that when we talk about abyssal infections at the end of the demons. Oh, great. Uh, (laughs) Dead. But yeah, you you licked up some stuff that is directly related to Dreeblex. Um, to die. Juicebox doesn't have a lot of cultists, though. Uh, most people don't want to be ooze. So the only people that end up in his cult do so because they think that if they join with him, they won't get turned into slime when he takes over. But obviously that's not the case. Uh, Juicebox is eventually going to suck up all of his followers into his disgusting jello mold of a body and slowly digest them over time. That's just what he does. But hey, uh, you get to cast spells like Grease and Web. And you can turn your body into a liquid form and sneak through cracks and stuff. That's fun. So that's what that's what Bort has. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, because you guys got grabbed by juice box in one of the portals. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. I should probably tell him to listen to this episode Bort too. Bort is liquid. <laughs> I'm writing this down for Croy. So he has So he has something to add into his book of knowledge. His new book of knowledge. But that's juice box. Okay. Dreeblex. Dreeblex. Orcus is next. Dorcas! Dorcas the Orcus has nothing to do with killer whales, nothing to do with orcs. I would have guessed that he had something to do with both. Isn't it a dork a whale penis? I don't know if that's actually true, but it's definitely a thing that I learned in grade three from the schoolyard. I don't... Oh, my God. I just put that into Google image. I do not need that for myself. Thank you. Did you just get your eyes blasted by whale dorks? No. Thankfully, for some reason, it switched to just the regular search, so I didn't have to see anything. But confirmed. Dorks are penises on whales. Okay. Well, Dorcas is the prince of the undead. The blood lord. He chunky. He is kind of a big, fat-bellied fuck. (laughs) Uh, He has, like, human torso and arms. Human-esque torso and arms. uh, But he's got goat legs. A decaying ram skull head and big friggin' bat wings. This is why I don't trust goats. Yeah. Remember when I had that episode and I was like, fuck goats. I don't give a shit about goats. Yeah, you were right. Goats are cute, but also... Kind of the abyss. Yeah, evil. Yeah. Uh, his torso is also covered in open sores because he's undead, so of course. Oh, um, what's his goal, you ask? Oh, to take over the universe and populate it with the undead who answer only to him. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know, that old, that old thing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's uh, the goal of all of them. Yeah, it's, it is their goal, but like they all have different reasons for why it's being their goal. His goal is, it's noisy outside when people are alive. So if they all were just dead, that would be better for Get me. off my lawn! He is literally your cranky old neighbor. He's a NIMBY. Not my backyard! Yeah. What's um, his weapon called? 
He he doesn't have a weapon. What is that thing he's got? Oh, sorry, like... he doesn't have a name for his weapon oh. as far as far as I know. It's like a shrunken head. Yeah, it's it's a it's a human skull on the end of a staff. So I I, <laughs> I guess it's a it's a mace of sorts. It's improv, uh, but it doesn't have a name in the lore presented in the monster manual. Interesting, as far as I can tell. If you want to be in his cult, uh, you have to agree to become undead. That's how you do it. That sounds um, less painful than all the other ones. Yeah, most of the people who join his cult think that gods are cruel and the gods have taken something from him, uh, and they see Orcus as offering a way to escape their suffering mm-hmm. at the hands of the gods. So, like, they delude themselves into thinking, well, this guy is a better choice, when really, he I mean, he's not. Uh, he is a demon lord. It's not going to be nice for you. But uh, they kind of feel like, oh, well, if Orcus is in charge, then I don't have to deal with fear or hunger or worry or whatever. So I, I, I guess he provides a sort of solace to some people, but you really shouldn't buy into that. Probably just don't side with the demons at all. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, I mean, Satanists don't even believe in Satan, so... <laughs> yeah, if there's one one thing to take out of all of this, don't trust a demon. Don't trust a hoe. The next one. Yinogu. Yinogu. Another one that you guys have come across. The hyena. The hyena. Uh, Creed. 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 Creed, sure. Uh, yeah, he's not Yinogu, but... He's a if you're if you're like thinking about it, uh, yeah, he's definitely connected to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yinogu is the beast of butchery. He is a he is a hungry dog boy. He's a fourteen foot tall knoll. I don't know how good he's going to be at butchering with a three headed. What is that called? That's a flail. Flail. <laughs> well, oh, we'll get to that in in a second. But he he's a knoll. Uh, a knoll is. A monster that we'll talk about later in another episode. Grassy knoll. They are humanoid hyena monsters. Yinogu has like blood matted fur. Uh, he decorates his patchwork armor with the flayed skin of his enemies. And Sorry. basically Yinogu eats everything. Everything in the universe is prey. And that's it. His magic flail. So the thing that you just asked about. Yeah. His magic flail is called the butcher. Oh. And sometimes he'll wield it like a normal weapon, you know, swinging it around and hitting people with it. And sometimes he'll just huck it into a battle, let it fight on its own like Mickey's broomsticks in that one Disney movie. Oh, my God. It's like a And then he'll go over and just rip opponents apart with his mouth and eat them. Um, Like like a death maypole. Yeah. (laughs) Just like that. Uh, Out of all the demon lords... Yinogu has probably caused the most mayhem in the material plane. Yeah. Uh, because the one time that he came here, a bunch of hyenas ate the things that he killed, and then they turned into gnolls. And now gnolls are a monster that live on the material plane, and we have to deal with them on a regular basis. Mm. So other demons lords just left a little bit of destruction in their wake. Yinogu left a whole new species that loves destruction as much as he does. Mm, invasive species. Very dangerous. Yeah. They're, they're literally, they're ever the Gnolls are the glitter of Demon Spawn. They're everywhere. And you can't get rid of them. that glitters is gold. I know that this one is bad because anyone with a name that starts with Y is going to be a chaotic person. Example? I don't know. I can't think of anyone right now. All I can think of is Yugoslavia, and I don't know anything about that place. So The, uh, the only name that I can think of off the top of my head Nate? is Alexei Yashin, 
and he played for the Ottawa Senators, so fuck that guy. So you're probably right. Yaretzel. Yamile. Yasmin. Oh, Yasmin? Get out of here. Spell with J. If your name is Yasmin, I'll want you listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh, I know. I knew a girl named Yvonne. Oh, yeah, me too. She was crazy. No, I didn't. I, but I do know Yvonne of the Yukon. Oh, so yeah. Never mind. That was a bad show. <laughs> so we'll just say why names? Get out. Yeah. We don't have time for you. Uh, most of Yunogu's cultists are exclusively gnolls. Uh, sometimes other people do join up. They tend to be loners and outcasts who join to just be a part of something. Also, they're probably hungry. And over time, they start to act more and more like gnolls. And the longer they hang out with the cult, uh, the more likely they are to eventually become one. Oh, and they're also cannibals. Lovely. Yeah. So that's Yunogu. Last? Zugdtmoy, which uh, makes me think uh, of Kelvin and Hobbes, and I don't really know why, but is it this... seems like something Bill Waterston would write down. This a lady? Yeah, it's the demon queen of fungi, lady of rot and decay. Kind of looks like she's got a vagina on her A little bit. Face. She is made out of fungus. Cool. So... Fungus is fucking terrifying. Yeah. We've experienced firsthand how eating mushrooms can destroy <laughs> your life. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, not even magic mushrooms, just mushrooms in just general. regular mushrooms. We don't do drugs. Zugtmoy is believed to be the mother of all molds and fungi. Uh, she's just a fungus, but she can like make herself look roughly humanish. Oh, there's also kind of like the Virgin Mary around her torso. Yeah, she has like this skeleton-esque body. Like she's really thin and whatever, but then she's like draped in lichen and mushrooms and yeah. various things like that so she looks a, a little bit regal kind of but like in the evil kind of way yeah she's kind of pretty yeah she uses spores to infect other creatures and turn them into essentially zombie mushroom people wait a second <laughs> kind of like the last of us mm-hmm. or do you remember that movie the girl with all the gifts that we were like this is almost like the last of us Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, do you remember? Like, what movie was that? Oh, that was the weird one with the zombie girl. Yeah, with the zombie girl. And there's like the spore tree that they burned down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody listening, I would highly recommend watching The Girl with All the Gifts. It, it was entertaining. It was pretty good, if yeah. If you enjoy not zombie movies, but almost zombie movie, more it a, a more rooted in reality zombie movie. Because like, let's be honest, if anything's going to turn on us, it's going to be the plants. <laughs> yeah. Especially fungus, because nobody knows anything about fungus. Nobody knows anything. You know, okay, you know how, like, when you see a mushroom, you're like, oh, but that's actually just the tip of a huge underground network. Yeah. That's what Zugtmoy wants the universe to be. Uh, She wants to infect everything with fungus and turn it into a big evil fungal network for herself. Makes sense. Um, Her cultists, kind of like Fraz Erblu or Mm -hmm. uh, Franz Ferdinand. They're very often unaware that they're in a, her cult because instead of like lying or tricking people like Fraser does, mm-hmm. Zugdmoy just infects their brains to get them to do her bidding. But it turns out when a mortal does join her cult on purpose, guess guess what they're most likely to be? I'm guess sure. what type of person is most likely to join Zugdmoy's what cult? What type of person is the most? I'll give you a hint. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Nubs. Oh, druids? Yeah. Yeah, because they're like, I want to be one with the earth. Material yeah, uh, possessions are not necessary for yeah, my Yeah, generally existence. druids want to encourage that sort of fungal growth. Druids like nature in general. Sometimes they're like, 
I love fungus specifically. Let's make the world that. And then the more the more fungus-like her cultists become, because over time, being infected by fungal spores, oh, it's you like become more like a fungus. Tree disease. Yeah, you uh, eventually you become part of her demonic fungal network. Zugmoy is basically the fungus version of poison ivy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I see that. And those are all the demon lords. Demon lords, done. Holy smokes. We did it. We got... We got through half of the information that we need to cover, and it's been 50 minutes. Oh, no. My back is going numb. <laughs> so I guess I guess next episode... Yes. We'll deal with the regular demons. Yes. And then abyssal infections. Yes. We love or an... infestation. We love an infection here at Monster Friends. <laughs> so uh, do you have any questions about any of that stuff? No. I talked for a long time. Do I have questions? Okay. Well, now what I know is that... If I want to kill a demon, I have to kill them in the abyss. Yep. Might have to ask another demon for help. Seems like a bad idea. But if I can find a demon lord that's less dangerous, you never know. You never know. Uh, You have contacts now. Board is a liquid and I am going to die (laughs) Because (laughs) because of JB. Faceless Lord of Oozing Hunger. <laughs> Juice box. Yeah. Justin Bieber. I, I don't even think we have to rate these guys on a scale of friend of fiend. They're all fiend. Right? They're all fiend, but like if we had to rate them, uh, I would say like who is like least fiendish to most fiendish? Fra- Fraz or Blue. He's pretty like easy. Yeah. Jublex is pretty like harmless, all things considered. Grazit, yeah. he's just like a sadomasochist yeah, like depending on what you're into yeah he might be your best fucking friend he's the least likely to cause problems for mass numbers of people in the destruction side of things baphomet's in the middle of the scale uh because he's a care bear yeah uh demogorgon's definitely at the top there because he's like i want the whole world to burn i want to watch it burn and then i'm gonna destroy myself orcus is funny <laughs> just, <laughs> like orcus seems like he might be a good time yeah. Uh, Yinogu is terrible because invasive species are terrible. And, uh, yeah, Yinogu and Demogorgon for me are the top of the worst. Yeah. And then Zugdemoy. I get it. Zutalor. Uh, she's not, like, I'd say, yeah, she's definitely below Demogorgon. But also, if, if there was to be a real zombie apocalypse, I do She'd believe be that plants would be involved somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, All the vegans die first. Yeah, Orcus's version of a death zombies are not going to be what the world has to deal with in real life. No, it'll definitely be Zugdemoy's yeah. plant zombies. Yeah, definitely. for sure. Yeah, I played Plant versus Zombie, so I know. <laughs> so there you go. All of them are fiends. Some are worse than others. Don't side with any of them. But you might get some cool powers. So, hey, whatever you're into, I guess. You might have to side with them because you have no choice. (laughs) All right. That's Demon Lords. That's Demon Lords. And the Blood War. And the Blood War. And the Blood Orgy. Well, that's only a Grazit. And the River Styx. Come sail away. Come sail away. Come sail away with me. You guys. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. We'll be back next week with another episode of We Have Dark Vision. But in the meantime, why not swing by our website, wehavedarkvision.com, or follow us on Instagram at wehavedarkvision or Twitter at darkvisioncast. 